When we find you, we find the source of life itself. And I thank you, Lord, when we find you, we can stop searching. As the song says, so many people searching for answers. So many people having their philosophies and their thoughts and their mindsets on truth and what it is and God and who you are, who you're not, who they perceive God to be. But when we find you, we find love and we find life and we find an abundance of life. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the perfect Father who holds us when we break. You hold us so we can break. And you comfort us while we break. And as we break in your arms, love just comes and comes and comes and smothers us in love. There are people, Lord, today that need to be smothered in your love. There are people today, Lord, that need to break. You know who they are, who are trying to hang on to their lives and control our lives and dictate our lives and put you in a box and our lives in boxes and trying to figure it all out. We need to break. If that's you today, you need to break. And there's love here to break. And the Father just comes and he loves a broken heart. The Bible says he loves a broken spirit. He does not long for sacrifices or burnt offerings. He longs for a broken spirit. He longs for a contrite heart and a contrite spirit of someone who's come to the end of themselves and they know that life has ceased to exist in themselves and they come to that very end and they break and love just comes and consumes and holds. And like the biggest father that can give his child a hug just comes and envelops and holds while the person breaks. And then he breathes life into and love comes into and life comes and the broken vessel starts to get mended and the broken vessel starts to fill out again into life and love and this is where this broken vessel becomes the vessel that they've been created to be. Because he's a good, good father. He's a good dad. And like all phenomenal great dads, they love. And they lay their lives down for their children so their children can experience the fullness of life that the father, that the dad died for. And there is love here. There is love in God to break. Stop battling. Stop fighting in your own strength trying to do and become and break and let him be and let him come and change you and heal you and restore areas of your life that you're protecting because you're so afraid of letting him in. But he is the only one that can heal. He is the only one that can restore. He is the only one. And he has come to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, to bring recovery of sight to people that are blind, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. He is the one that sets the captive free. Not our plans and our methodologies and our ways, but him. And you cannot avoid that process if you want life. It's called the cross. 
And there is phenomenal life on the other side of the cross as we go through the cross. Phenomenal abundance of resource and life. For Jesus said, I will build my church and I will build them on the revelation of my boy. And the church that is built on the revelation of my boy through the power of my spirit, they will just be an offensive people who push back everything that comes at them. There is nothing. Why? Because they are indestructible. Not in themselves. They found the place of weakness and now they are strong. We are called to be strong in Christ. Weak in the flesh, strong in the spirit. With authority on us, which is his. Speaking, moving, indestructible. Pushing back everything that comes. Why? Because of the God that lives within us. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. So when I find this breaking, this place of weakness, then and only then am I strong in him. If I have not found that place, I'm strong in me. And that is an absolute place of weakness. It's a place where there is no life. I will continue to come and bring burnt offerings and sacrifices and have no life. I will go through religious rituals, traditions by rote and have no life in me. But Jesus said, my people, my people, you will know them by the fruit in which they live, in which they minister. And my people break from the flesh and come into the life of the Spirit. You will know them by the way they love one another, the way they lay their lives down for one another, to see a body established on the earth. This is the church Jesus is building today, has been building for centuries now. A church that are laying its life down to see his body established and to be part of that body with the gifting that's the part that I bring. All done in the spiritual reality. Nothing to do with the flesh and my ability to perform it. Mate, are we trying? Mate, do we whip it up? We can put on a great show. But I believe the Holy Spirit would ask us all today, are we living in and from the fruit of a love and a joy and a peace that goes beyond this realm and that be in you because of the relationship and the breaking that took place one point and the life you've come into? Because we've been born again. How many people have been born again? Born again. Not born and then modified. Born again. A whole complete new life got birthed the day we got born again of a realm that's not of this planet. Where we live from a completely different life source than the one we live from. When I was born in 1969, I was born in the natural in 1997, I got born again as if I'd been birthed for the first time. Can you hear what I'm saying? Born again. Again of a new life. Not a modified life of 1969. A brand new life in 1997. And I've lived from the new life from then on. It's a life in the spirit. The eternal realm. Not the temple. Those that you look on this earth are temporal. See the things that are in eternal and pull that down, which is now in you. It's called life from the Christ. And his power has been given for that work. And guys, today, again, my heart is breaking 
it breaks every day when He shows me the state of His church, the true state of the church, not the one we think, the true state. To see a body being prepared and who's wanting to be in the body being prepared because we are laying down our lives. No longer do I live. No longer do I matter. No longer did I give an eye about this. I, I've dead, gone, buried, living for a born again, new existence, new desires, new purposes, new ways for life is more than that what I was before. Life has trumped all food and clothing and what you look like and if you're cool or not and what you have and what you don't have. Life has transitioned beyond that into Him. Moving towards an eternal reality realm. Now. Not then. Now. Why? Because of the life source that has been partaken of and from. There is no life in that. There is only life here in Jesus Christ who rose from the grave. And Paul said, you know what? I want to know the power of that man's resurrection. I want to partake of the power that rose that man from the grave, that God from the grave. I want to partake of that. I want to know him. I want to know that power. And I want to live in it and I want to live from it. You can't get a better example of someone who what I've just talked about, who got born again when the Holy Spirit came upon him. When Ananias laid his hands on him as if he filled Paul with the Holy Spirit. And his life reflects someone who was born again of a complete new realm to the one he lived from. It's a new life, guys. It's a new creation, not a modification, a new creation. We have to stop eating from man cannot live on bread alone. Wondering why we haven't yet partaken and come into. And the Father will love you if you are in a position today where you need to break to come into this reality. David found it because he thought he was the man till God called him out on it. And then the man broke and he wrote in the Psalms. You're not looking for these things. What you're looking for is a broken spirit. Someone who realizes they are not the man and they cannot live for themselves and control their own lives. You're looking for someone who breaks and then comes into, who now looks with a contrite heart, a soft heart. Do you think there is a connection between that and the Beatitudes? Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is this kingdom life within. You better believe there's a connection there. Fear is rooted in pride. Humility is rooted in faith. And God's power is the thing that separates us from us and propels us into the life that I'm declaring to you today. Not my strength. Not my ability, not my wisdom to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I going to put the four-step plan in place to get the outcome that this guy's talking about? No. As I break, as I realize, as I come to the point of weakness and I hear, Greg, as a good father, my grace is sufficient for you. 
to lead you from this place, son, into that place. And Paul went, ah, gotcha. For when that is, the power in me is perfected. And Paul, who is a type of church, an apostolic people, not apostles, an apostolic people of heart and mind who are selfless, sacrificial, set apart, and sent to be the demonstration of the Lord on the earth. Do you know that's what you've been called to be and become as a body? That people would look at you and I and see God. Do you realize that? If you don't, I really believe and hope that something will hit you like a Mack truck today and propel you into that realm. That as the body that's being prepared, we have been given the honor and the privilege and the responsibility to be ambassadors who represent the Father. So when they look at the church, they see Him. When they feel the love of the church, they feel the love of the Father. When they feel the grace from the church, they feel the grace of the Father. What do you think it means to be an ambassador for Christ? What do we think it means to be a witness? Not just in words, in a lifestyle. For when they see you and I, the witness of our lives, of the hope that's in us, is propelled onto them. They see a joy and they go, I've been looking for that my entire existence. And today is the day I find it in a person, in a people group. Why? Because Jesus built his church and his church are an abundance of fruit. You see, the church Jesus builds, he builds in the spirit and the spirit alone. He does not build in the flesh. That's the way we build. Just because we've all turned up today does not mean any building is happening. Just because we sang songs, it does not mean any building is happening. Just because we go to discipleship groups does not mean any building is happening. We have to realize this. Just because we bring our offerings and our sacrifice, it does not mean anything is happening of a genuine building in the Spirit. There is no life in the institution. There is no life in the organization. There is only life in the Christ. And just because we go through religious tick the boxes means nothing. And it can mean everything if we gather as his people because we're in the spirit and we come from and in the spirit because his power has propelled us into a life. And now we're living differently. Now we have understanding Now the reality which I live is this in this written down. I experience, I have a peace that goes beyond understanding, that guides my path. Why? Because I'm being built on the rock. Do you know that scripture in Matthew 7, 24? Just after Matthew 7, 21. He says there are two people, two houses being built. One builds on the rock, the other builds on sand. Who is the house? I don't know, some guy who erected a four by two. No, not the house and the ways. The house. Who is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We are. We're the house. So are we a house that when the pressure and the torrents and the waves come, we stand? Or do we get wiped away? See, 
the church that Jesus builds stands when the pressures come. On the revelation of the Christ, I push back the pressure that comes from the opposition. Or do I stand? Am I swept away? Because I'm building on stale brown bread. But I think it's manna. And God's power literally does this work in you that brings you into living manna. And we, as his people, as a good, good father, the father wants to administer this through his church. When he sees a broken vessel, a humble vessel, a spiritually broken vessel, humble vessel, because then he starts to make me strong. So I'm trusting the Spirit is revealing what I'm saying and you're not getting entangled in what I'm saying. We are called to be strong. When I'm strong, I'm weak. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Sorry. There's a process. And so the strength is able to, as the waves come, they're taking me down. That offence, that thought, that accusation, that death, that loss, momentary light affliction, compared to what I'm in, we're in. Can you see the reality that we have been called to live and find and discover rather than the glib, boring, religious practice that's been put up there? We are the church. We don't go to it. We are it. We are the people consecrated. As Terry read out, the living stones, spiritual priests bringing holy sacrifices, round stones being mended together, not square stones all cut out and molded. That's man. God takes round stones and builds them together. And what cements them is the Holy Spirit. Round stones don't build a wall, do they? Square, perfectly ones cut out, build a wall. Round ones don't. Can you hear what I'm saying? We are round stones being brought together by the power of the Spirit, which is the cement. If we're a square, nicely cut out stone, I'm saying we're building in the flesh. God takes the things that can never be built together in our strength and makes it happen through His power, through the submission of our lives through the surrender and the submission to say, mold me, shape me, build me into the person you want me to be, not what I want to be. I died. I've been born again. I don't know why I keep looking at Lisa Lamb. I think it's because she's nodding going, yes. It gives me encouragement. So thank you, Lisa. The word power, dunamis, dunamis, inherent power, This is the power that Philippians 3.10 about. 10 says, I want to know him in the power. Inherent power. Power residing in a thing. Put that by Christ. By virtue of its nature, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Paul is saying, I want to live in this. I want to live in the knowing of him and the living in the same power, the resurrected power. It wasn't something glib, guys. Jesus was killed that day. He was killed as a man on the cross. 
And by the power of God, he got risen. Lazarus was dead. Was he? Was dead. We are dealing with a supernatural realm. Reality. This is not flesh human. We're just human beings. The Bible says you're not mere humans. Mere men. Angels would appear to people. There is a supernatural reality realm that we as his people have been called to live in and from. And this power that rose Jesus from the grave, which is found in the Holy Spirit, has been given for us to live our lives from. Anyone struggling to live their life for Christ today? Don't put your hand up. Is it hard? Is it tiresome? Do you find, man, it's a burden? It's always hard. It seems I've got to dredge it up. I dredge out of bed and I get to the rock and I'm here. and Man, they're just blah, 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 life. How many people feel life is crushing you, consuming you? Just never kind get round to? That's a reality that is and will continue to be. If our focus is not taken off that and put on him. Life will consume you if you let it. But God has given us this thing called the power in his Holy Spirit. It's not outside of God. It's not a whipper up thing. You can't whip up the power. It's a person. It's him. It's contained in him. And when he sees this humility and this brokenness and this vulnerability and this transparency and this authenticity, he's drawn to that. Because he has plans and purposes for us as his people. He wants to live. He wants you and I to live in the abundance that he lived his life from. He is so good. He doesn't just die and run so we can stay immature sons. He died, rose again, so we can become the fullness and the maturest of the purposes of God. He wants us to represent him and represent him well. Not average. Well. Well, let me tell you about Jesus, I know. Mate, I had more life than a beer. Now we sing that song, don't we? Same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. We have to realize that song. Not just sing it. That song is to be our realization. 1 Samuel 10.6 The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. He's talking to Saul. And you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. See, there's a danger with receiving the power. Just because power comes upon you and you start living from power doesn't mean you're the perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to actually end up perfect. And it doesn't complete you either. So receiving God's power, living from his power, operating in your life, you still go through stuff. You're still going to go through all the stuff. It doesn't mean that you just get zapped one day and everything's fine. When I received the power of God in 1997, come into my life and I was baptized in his power, my heart still hurt. I was still dealing with the emotional pain and the scarring of my relationship, and I had to deal with that. But what I received was like an energy source. It was like a rocket socket going, and all of a sudden there's this extra life that was no longer there, there. So the source to be present and to seek was not me. It was him. 
Beautiful. Nothing to chance. I give the church everything it needs to become who I call her to become. The challenge is the church partaking of, seeking of what I've given her. The challenge is the church trying to figure it all out in her own strength and do it in her own strength. The third thing is this chance even interested. And so Saul is filled with power. The Bible says he's changed into another man. Now, he didn't finish well. It was a change. And God did pick him for purposes. We haven't got time to get into that today. But the point is, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, the power of God, you're changed. When you're born again, there's a change. There's a change that takes place when you're born again. You see, a baby, I love this. Sam Willis spoke this about two and a half years ago. I thought it was a brilliant analogy. I've shared it before. But a baby, when it is born out from its mother's womb, stomach, it hungers for a new source of food it has never tasted. It is being fed in its womb through its mother. But when it comes out, when it is born again, because it is born the day it's conceived, isn't it? There is life. Life starts. But when it is born again, it now hungers and thirsts for a food source it has never tasted before. That, as an analogy, is we are to hunger and thirst for the taste of the things that our old life could never give us. If we are still trying to find life in our old life, it is pointless and wasteless and stop it today because it's a dead end. We have to find the life that is found in the Christ, which is through his spiritual realm dynamic, which is not of this earth, not the temporal, of the eternal, which is a spiritual thing that our hearts must be broken to come into. Because while I remain prideful and in control of my life, I'm dictating my life. The Father's not going to give that power or that reality into that hands. Why? Because what am I going to do with it? It's just more ammo to live for me. You see, 1997, I came, and I shared this too, I came to the end of Greg. I came to the end of that, what I'm talking about. And I received something because I died. I was dying and I died and dying. And yes, there is dying still to be, but it's modified now. There is a massive death that needs to take place. A breaking, a snapping. Will you walk differently now? It happened to all the people that received. Jacob was renamed because of his new posture. The man was a deceiver, a conniver, working the angles for himself. And then God says, today's the day, bud. We're going to have a wrestle. And you're going to lose. But you're going to win. Isn't that funny? You've got to lose to win. But we want to be winners. Tim, I want to be a winner. I've been told to be a winner in the body of Christ. I've been told I've got a legacy and a destiny. I've got to be a winner. Yeah, well, you've got to die to that first. You've got to die to the dream before you get the dream. Otherwise, you're defining the dream. And by the way, it's probably not his dream, it's your dream. And this is what this power does. This is what the work does. It bursts for, it breaks that and now all of a sudden I'm flowing from another reality. I've been born again. doesn't matter how much, doesn't matter how much the revelation was. Did it happen? 
Can you remember the day and give testimony to the day you were born again where something afresh came into you where you went, something just shifted. Just because you pray a prayer doesn't mean anything. You can come to an old call and pray a prayer. If the heart is not engaged with faith and belief, you just wrote. Oh, the guy told me to say this. God's looking for the words that come from here that might not even be spoken out of your mouth. That's the thing that gets you across the line. That's the thing that propels you. It's like this broken up. Lord! And the power will help and God has given this. This is what you see in, in the disciples in Acts 1.8 where he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. See, part of the power of God creates the witness, not just people who go around talking about God, but people who are the demonstration of God. Be my witnesses. The be attitudes. See, this work of the power will come. It doesn't work within you where you start to become different. The deposit that you are, the son that you already are, you start to become a mature son. As the work starts to happen within you. Can you hear what I'm saying? You become the witness that people read. 1 Corinthians, you are our letter. And when people read you, they see us. When people read you and I, do they see him? When they look at our lives, do they see God? Do they see something that would stir them to come and ask you and I a question because we are being his witnesses before we ever give testimony to what Jesus has accomplished? We are being the thing. We are being the church. We don't do it. I'm sick and tired of reading in books how to do the church. It's, oh man, it's the one thing that, I don't know why, but it just winds me, set me free. Be, 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 and then you do, do, do. Jesus was doing things from a place of being because he understood he was in this life and there's confusion in that because we all gather and you see someone preach and go, I want to do that but you don't see the inner realm the person is in. And whether they're here or not, they're still preaching. Whether they're here or not, they're being the witness. The witness isn't determined by whether there's a life group structure and I'm going to be in that or not. It's not whether there's anything for me to do here. I'm going to be it whether I'm here or not. Because it's not determined by this building and structures that the eldership put together. got nothing to do with any of that stuff. Everything to do with him. Because when you know him, you flow in the authentic life. And so you go, I need to be in discipleship. If there is not discipleship in this community, I'm going to be part of it somewhere because I know I need to be part of it. I may even start and say, Chris, do you want to walk with me? Michael, do you want to walk with me? 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 Not because someone's put the structure up and go, that's what you need to be part of. Because it's here. And I've received life from another realm. And I now live from it because the power of God is propelling me into it. Who knows the movie Star Trek? Because this this clip's going to either flop or be understood if we don't know Star Trek. Okay, it's not from the movie; it's from a cartoon show that I haven't watched before. But I think it's quite good, and I want you to listen to it. Here's the point: the power of God propels us to become His witnesses. The Starship Enterprise has needed the power of God for them to accomplish their mission. If we can put it on and have a listen, that would be great. 
give her all she's got, Captain. She can't take any more. Damn. Chekhov, reroute auxiliary power to the helm. Uh, Scotty, the bridge. Uh, Captain, this is, uh, this is a little embarrassing, but, uh, you know, I've never noticed, uh, the little lever I've been pushing, it's, it's only about two-thirds of the way up. I, I actually can give her more. That's great, Scotty. Mrs. Spock, give us readings on... Uh, ga- Captain, uh, Scotty again. Yeah, you're not gonna believe this. Uh, there is another lever here, too. The ship can literally go three times as fast. I... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I feel like such a capital J jerk right now. It's okay, Scotty. Uh, Lieutenant Uhura, open all channels for... Captain, I, I've, I've got to uh, interrupt again. I've just been thinking about this, this given her all she's got thing. I mean, I, I've been completely wrong for years now. I, I feel terrible. I mean, think of how many crises we've been in where the issue was how fast we could go. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Captain. Scotty, it's okay. No, it's not. Eric's dead. At the funeral, I literally said the words to his wife... I was giving her all she's got. Scotty, it's fine. Sulu, lock phasers. Captain, I just got to jump in here. We, we don't have enough dilithium crystals to run the phasers. I've, I've lost all credibility, haven't I? <laughs> Scotty, we need more speed. I wonder, like the Starship Enterprise, how much of us are tapping into a reality that's for us. There was another lever that was going to shoot the ship faster into... Her purpose. Even the one they were using was only half throttle because they were unaware of a source that was available to them. How many of us are unaware? And then when we hear of a realm, we, I don't know, how do we respond? I asked this two weeks ago, what are we going to do with what we've heard? What did you do with what you heard two weeks ago, if anything at all? See, the father's watching. He is watching and going, who loves me? And who's interested in what I have? He is a good, good, good father. And he will come and he will hold. But guys, this isn't games. This is real life. And unfortunately, what we perceive as life is not. That's the game. And real life is being alive in him and living for him and his ways. Everything else is a smokescreen to the real. If we're not in him, we're not in life. And there is a life that he wants to see demonstrated. And the purpose for that is a greater meaning, which is a life to come even. And I'm just more and more being arrested and apprehended by who we are really being called to be. And it's so far from what I'm hearing when I dialogue with other leaders and we start dialoguing about what are you talking about. It's almost foreign. And yet, I can read about it and see it here. And this is my reference point for the stuff that's in here. I'm going, okay, I just read us a passage before in Romans. I read us a promise. God is not a God that lies, and his promises are to be realized, yes? So I read a promise out. 
Most amazing promise. How many of us heard it? How many of us are thinking about it? How many of us wrote it down and went, you know what, I'm going to go seek the Lord because I want to be in a peace and a joy that he just talked about. See, week in, week out, if we're not pursuing, then our lives will reflect what we're pursuing. And we are getting exactly what we're asking for, which probably isn't that much. And I'm sorry, but this is the truth that we all need to hear. And I will be someone that brings you the truth from love. We ask what we get for. What we sow, we reap. So we just have to be honest and go, do we want to sow a living life so I can reap it? And God has given us himself to do the work as we surrender to the work. You know, the other word for that word witness is martyr. to be a martyr. And so often our mind races to being physically killed for Jesus. I want to be a martyr. Well then be one. Be a witness now. If that was an outcome that ended up like that, all glory to him. All glory to him. But the day is the day to be a martyr where you lose your life. See, we are so entangled in the glory stuff and we miss really what it means to be a martyr. Martyr means to give of your life to be a witness, so give of your life. Not the heroic stuff. If you don't make it today, you probably will fail like Peter did until you receive something greater in you that enables you to actually go yes and be authentic to what you're saying. So be a witness. My power to be, not just Let me tell you about Jesus. How do you share with someone a Jesus you don't really know? See, there's a possibility you're going to misrepresent him. Let me tell you about a guy that I know. And they're looking at you going, you know, you talk a good game, but I'm not necessarily seeing much life. Do you know the lost can sense the authentic and the fake? Do you know they can sense it? They smell it. Man, you talk a good game, but man, your life, I've seen you, I've watched you, I've seen you curse, I've seen you cheat, I've seen you nick, I've seen you this, I've seen you judge, I've seen you speak about the boss, I've seen you come in late. There's a massive responsibility in being a witness for Jesus. Far beyond laying signs, uh, laying hands on people for miracles. How about just being? How about parking right? How about respecting all the other people in the car park and actually parking in the car park that you've assigned to rather than parking on a funny angle and pull down the road there get a go at you because he's told me about, I'm sick and tired of you a lot. They always park there or park there. Why don't they park? I said, I'm trying, mate, we're trying. See, are we going to be any different to the world? We should be. We're not even talking about signs and wonders here. We're talking about the basics of life. Being respectful to others. Treating others like you'd like to be loved. Oh, get out of the way. Be a witness is twofold. It's about becoming and then speaking. In last scripture, Paul said this in Colossians 1, 28 to 29. 
So I'm going to read it out. Colossians 1, 28. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. Not man-made wisdom. Remember? The things freely given to Paul, the things that he saw and spoke from, he did not teach with words, man's wisdom. He taught from words and thoughts of the Spirit. So he's in a completely other reality when he's speaking and teaching. He's speaking from this eternal realm, this life, the Christ. Eternal life is knowing the Christ. So the words he's speaking have fullness of life and power on them. This is where he's admonishing from. This is where he's teaching. So that, man, so that, God's got a so that issue. So that we may present every man complete in Christ. Are we complete in Christ yet? Now, yes and no. Are we experiencing a peace that guards our heart and our mind that goes beyond our understanding today? You may be. And if you are, awesome. Tell the world about it and demonstrate it. So we are because Christ lives in us. All but then that all needs to be realized through the power of revelation. The, the position must become a realization. Otherwise, what's the point? I'm called to live this life, but I keep failing, tripping up, stumbling through life, and I'm surviving. So Paul's on a mission for this realm to see the church, the body that's being presented to Christ, be formed. I will build my church, Jesus said, and I build it through the power of revelation, not of Peter, of my son. And then he says this in verse 29, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So Paul is doing all this work in the power of Christ that was not his power, but power that was put in the man. And this is the church's position, because then he says, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. There's no way our lives can imitate Paul's of being selfless and sacrificial and being sent and being persecuted and becoming the body if we've not received the power that Paul's living from. Agreed? So you can see once again the enormous standard and the invitation the church has been invited to. It's phenomenal. Isaiah knew about it. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Waiting is active. It's not... It's an active pursuit. I'm waiting for you to do the work. And I surrender to the work being done with faith 
and belief and hope that what I read about is to be my reality. And I come to you because you are a good, good father who promises a realm and a reality and you do not lie. So I wait at your feet in a spirit of humility because I'm broken from my old fleshly soul that wants to be God. And I posture myself, Father. And you know what the Father does? He lifts your head up and he says, look into my eyes while we're here together. And he pours out love and love and love, which restores. And then I get up and I'm filled with him. And then I go about being the church. Have you found that position yet? I would encourage you to find it and seek it today. While today still is today. So Lord, I thank you that you are building us through the power of your spirit. And I thank you, Father, for this great people us, brothers and sisters in you, we're a family. And we have a great father who's orchestrating us and building us and putting us into alignment. He's manipulating us back into position in a great way. Lord, he's clicking joints. He's pressing on muscles. He's realigning ligaments, reattaching them. So we, as your sons, live and are maturing as sons. And the things that we read are becoming our testimony of the change and the transformation that is found in your Son, that we would receive the fullness of inheritance now and be living from it, giving you glory, laying our lives down, being persecuted for that, if so be it, for it is momentary light affliction, Lord Jesus, to where we are traveling and going. But now is our now. And you want to change us today and fill us. So Holy Spirit, come. And I pray you would breathe your breath of life for all those that maybe need to be born again. For all those that need to receive more and more pray for those that are struggling and I pray that we would not attack this with our mind I pray the mind would just be put down and that we would hear with our spirit and go after with our spirit, show us what that even means to until our mind is being renewed Lord that it's in opposition to you until it's renewed to your processes it'll get us entangled so we are to be people of the mind, please hear me but that is a renewed mind the unrenewed mind will struggle to understand a revealed position because it hasn't been revealed yet. So Holy Spirit, reveal. Reveal, reveal the Christ within us more and more. And I petition before you, Father, and I offer up with supplications to you this request on behalf of us all. And we intercede for the church. Tonight as we come, as we pray, and as we're learning about placing ourselves at your feet and listening and hearing before we speak, Lord, I pray as we intercede for this body and the bodies of this city and nation that your church is being built the way you intend. And she will reign and she will be glorious. 
and she will express your life. And so we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.